millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. It is estimated that around 170,000 people are reported missing each year in the United Kingdom. Of that number, approximately 98,000 are adults and more than 70,000 are children. The average age for a first-time runaway is 13 and one out of four missing children will have been the victims of physical or sexual abuse. Children living in residential care are three times more likely to run away than peers living with their families. Those in care are also more vulnerable to abduction and grooming. While most of these missing people do eventually return home, a small percentage turn up dead, and an even smaller number still remain missing. She was a vulnerable child. She was somebody who we now know was exploited by people around her. And I think when we're all of Sarah's sort of age, 14 years to 16 years, we all think we're, we know best. We all think we're perhaps uh, invincible. I don't know what anybody's motive could be to murder anybody, certainly not Charles. Um, people out there will know how she died, will know who was involved in her death and where she is buried. Whether something's gone wrong, um, whether she's got caught up in the middle of something. But either way, somebody must know because we haven't found her body, so somebody's involved. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 5 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. 
Welford House is a residential home for children unable to live with their loved ones due to behavioural and or emotional difficulties. It's located in Northampton in the East Midlands and is part of the Northamptonshire Children's Trust. One resident of Welford House was 14-year-old Sarah Benford. Sarah had grown up in an unremarkable red-brick terrace house in Kettering with her mother Vicky, Vicky's husband Gavin, and their two children, eight-year-old Anya and four-year-old Joshua. Sarah's biological father had left when she was just a baby. Reportedly, he wanted nothing to do with his daughter. When Sarah was just two years old, she found herself on the radar of social services. By the time she was eight, she had begun playing truant and absconding from home. Sarah managed to finish primary school and was enrolled at Montague School, where teachers described her as a confident, bubbly girl. Problems with Sarah's behaviour had already begun to surface and as she entered her teenage years, these troubles intensified further, as Vicky Benford said her daughter went off the rails. While Sarah had been what her mother described as a lovely child, her personality completely changed as she got mixed up with the quote, bad crowd. Gone was the loving, kind and compassionate girl, and in its place was an unruly teenager who rarely attended school, shoplifted, and snuck out in the middle of the night to meet friends. Then, when Sarah was around 13 years old, she began to take drugs. She often sniffed aerosols, but then progressed onto cocaine and speed. Sarah frequently ran away from home, and when she returned, Vicky would spot fresh self-harm cuts on her daughter's arms and wrists. Throughout her teenage years, Sarah Benford found herself routinely in trouble with the law. She was a familiar face to most police officers in Kettering. They were tasked with picking her up after she ran away, often reprimanding her for stealing from local shops. Vicky believed that because of Sarah's young age, she was being taken advantage of by older drug addicts and petty criminals she had begun to associate with. Vicky Benford remarked to a reporter for the Guardian newspaper, they were sending her out to steal things, and the police would just bring her back to me again and again. Vicky and Gavin tried everything they could to change the path Sarah was headed down, helping her through her issues. But the couple would later say that no amount of reasoning, arguing or punishment seemed to work. Vicky feared that her child would end up either dead or addicted to drugs, and she thought that the best thing for Sarah was for her to be placed in to care. In 1999, Sarah was sent to live at Welford House. Vicky thought that the controlled environment would be beneficial for her daughter and that staff would be able to keep Sarah safe. On Thursday, April 6th, 2000, 
Vicky Benford had been at work at an amusement arcade in Kettering Town Centre when Sarah showed up out of the blue. Vicky immediately noticed that her daughter was intoxicated. Sarah then ran to the bathroom and began to vomit. When she returned, Vicky noticed needle marks on her daughter's arms. Vicky's greatest fears were confirmed. Sarah was taking heroin. When confronted, she admitted to taking the drug. She said she was afraid of returning to the children's home, knowing that she would get into trouble. Sarah hated life at Welford House, and she wanted nothing more than to come home to her family. But with two other younger children living at the property, her parents had struggled to raise Sarah's siblings in a stable environment as they wrestled with the challenges of looking after Sarah. It was not an easy decision, but they felt they had little choice. A revelation that her teenage daughter was now taking heroin completely broke Vicky. She knew that Sarah had drunk alcohol and experimented with other drugs. Still, she never thought her daughter would take heroin. Vicky said, I lost my temper. It was the last straw. I couldn't believe she had gone that far. Unable to control her emotions, Vicky shouted at her daughter, words she would later come to regret. This caused Sarah to storm off. As night fell, Vicky Benford had still not heard from her daughter. She anticipated that Sarah would show up at her home that night, but the teenager did not appear. Vicky called Welford House and was informed that Sarah was neither there, nor had she been staying there for the past three days. Her rucksack and diaries were left behind in her bedroom at the children's home, indicating that the teenager had left with nothing more than the clothes on her back. While Vicky Benford was seemingly unaware of the extent of the trouble Sarah had got herself into, staff at Welford House were more informed. Those entrusted to care for Sarah knew that she had been self-harming. They knew that she had snuck out at night to meet men in Abingdon Park, where they paid to molest her, and staff knew that Sarah had been taking heroin. When Sarah Benford told her carers what was going on, the random encounters with grown men who groomed her, in response, staff simply reminded her to use contraception. Furthermore, on one occasion after she had injected heroin, Sarah was seen by a doctor at the children's home, but their report indicated they could find nothing wrong. On March 31st, 2000, Sarah had left Welford House and was reported missing by staff. When she was found on April 2nd, Sarah once again told staff that she was, quote, having sex with men. Despite the fact she was a child and could not consent, 
The children's home did not contact the police or file a report. Upon learning that Sarah had run away from the children's home several days earlier, dread immediately washed over her mother. This fear was further compounded by the stories of grooming and heroin use. While Sarah had her problems, she always made sure to call home to let her family know that she was safe and well. Vicky subsequently said, I'm terrified she's stuck in a room, drugged and unable to get away. Sarah Benford had run away before, frequently absconding from her family home and then from the children's home. Still, it was only ever for a day or so, after which time she would reappear. Vicky and Gavin decided to go looking for the teenager, but their efforts were fruitless. They had no other choice than to contact the police to report her missing. Later that evening, Vicky received a phone call from Sarah. She was at a house in Hampton Crescent in Kettering. Vicky could tell by the sound of her daughter's voice and Sarah's behaviour that she was on drugs. Vicky called the police, who in turn called Welford House, and asked staff to go and collect Sarah from the address. Officers were informed that nobody was available to get her. Staff at the children's home suggested to the police that they go and collect the teenager, but officers replied that they could not and would not collect her, nor would they take her to Kettering Police Station to babysit her. When Vicky Benford was informed of this, she pleaded with officers to go and get her daughter. They were seemingly unconcerned because of Sarah's history of running away. Staff simply refused to spend more time retrieving a child who they thought would return. Days eventually turned to weeks, and weeks turned to months. But there was no sign of Sarah. As a way to channel the hope that Sarah would reappear, her sister Anya wrote a letter to her sibling. It read, To Sarah, please come home. I miss you so much. I miss night times when you used to call to me in your room and say I will read you a story if you tell Dad I want a drink. I miss your face and miss your smile. I just miss you and so does Josh and Mum and Gav. Please, please, please come home and try to get off those drugs. Lots and lots of love, Anya. Due to Sarah Benford's history, the authorities and much of the community simply dismissed her as a runaway or a problem child who became entangled with dangerous people living on the fringes of society. Some suggested that Sarah had become addicted to drugs, and as a way to feed her addiction, she turned to sex work. Sarah's grandmother, June Black, was instrumental in keeping her granddaughter's disappearance in the public's consciousness. She often called reporters and asked them to write about Sarah 
making numerous appeals for her granddaughter's safe return. It was not until December of that year that the teenager's disappearance started generating some interest in the national media. The Sunday Mirror reported that nobody had seen Sarah Benford since April, but at some point in July, there had been a potential sighting of her in the town of Wellingborough, around eight miles from her home. There was speculation that Sarah could have been staying with an older male, and her family feared she could be in a vulnerable situation. An investigation at the time also suggested that Sarah could have travelled to Finchley, North London, where men were waiting to exploit her sexually. A social care worker at a Service 6 building in Wellingborough was adamant that Sarah had appeared twice with someone described as a pimp and a well-known sex worker. Each time they sought a pregnancy test. The sighting was investigated along with other tips. However, the trail went cold and Sarah Benford could still not be located. The public were asked to keep an eye out for Sarah and that if anybody spotted her to contact the National Missing Persons helpline. She was described as standing at around 5 feet 7 inches tall with dark hair and blue eyes. As for identifying features, she had a tattoo of a cross on her upper left arm. When she disappeared, Sarah was wearing a black puffer jacket, blue patchwork jeans and cream trainers. The months gradually transformed into years, yet there was still no sign of Sarah. Around the same time Millie Dowler vanished in 2002, the Ford Automotive Company announced they wanted to use their lorries to assist in the search. Ten 40-feet lorries run by Ford would carry two 5-feet by 4-feet photos, not only of Millie Dowler but also of Sarah Benford and 15-year-old Dan Nolan, who was missing from Southampton. The vehicles were used to transport car components. However, Ford teamed up with the National Missing Persons Helpline to try and bring the faces of the missing teenagers to the forefront of Britain's consciousness. Ford's transport manager Frank Coyne said at the time, Ford is delighted to be associated with the National Missing Persons Helpline and our funding of the ads on our trailers which travel the length and breadth of Britain will publicise individual cases and hopefully help to reunite missing people with their families. By this point in the investigation, Sarah's mother Vicky had slumped into a state of depression. She started to blame herself for her daughter's disappearance. Speaking to a correspondent for The Express, she said, If I hadn't lost my call, she might not have gone. The guilt's terrible. While so much time had elapsed since Sarah disappeared, Vicky still routinely searched the streets for her daughter, hoping to come across her in a car park or abandoned building. 
Her heart skipped a beat whenever she saw a teenage girl resembling her child. As a coping mechanism, Vicky turned to alcohol, frequently drinking to numb the pain. On occasion, she got into fights at the local bar with people who spoke disrespectfully of her daughter or dismissed Sarah as a runaway. However, eventually, Vicky Benford was able to turn her life around. She knew that she needed to stay focused so she could be there for her two other children and husband. Toward the end of 2002, Vicky spoke with the Observer newspaper. She described how she now believed that Sarah was most likely dead, possibly from an overdose. She revealed that the police believed the small community of drug addicts in Kettering with whom Sarah had familiarised herself with knew more about the disappearance than they were claiming. In March the following year, a new investigation into Sarah Benford's disappearance was launched. It was announced around the same time as Sarah's 17th birthday. Three years had passed since she was reported missing by her concerned mother. While there were very few public updates on the case, that did not mean Sarah had been forgotten. In fact, the search for Sarah had spanned across the United Kingdom and Europe, with over 1,000 lines of inquiry being followed and multiple people questioned. A disappearance was even featured on BBC's Crime Watch, and her image was used to relaunch the Missing Children website. The police had also put forward a £1,000 reward for any information that could lead them to Sarah. As the new effort to find Sarah was set in motion, a team of 25 investigators formed Operation Yacht. Their first point of action was to carry out inquiries at a number of premises that Sarah was thought to have visited in the early days of her disappearance. As officers interviewed those who knew Sarah around the same time she disappeared, they got a fresh lead that took them to South Wales. Investigators set their sights on the Oakwood estate in the town of Mystick. The property was occupied by a man and his three children, who had moved to the area from Kettering. The family were removed from the home and placed in alternative accommodation. As officers trawled through the house, searching for some kind of clue that could help them in their investigation. As the search was conducted, other investigators handed out photographs of Sarah to other residents of the estate. They inquired as to whether anybody had seen her. A spokeswoman from the Northamptonshire Constabulary said, a major police inquiry was launched in March this year because the passage of time raised concerns that despite Sarah's known lifestyle, she could run away before, and there is information that she may have been introduced to drugs and prostitution. She has not come into contact with the police, social services or the health services in Northamptonshire. Our inquiries have moved to Mystig where we have spoken to persons with whom Sarah was associated at the time of her disappearance. 
who will also be searching premises for evidence and intelligence as to where Sarah is now. The owner of the home, 54-year-old Richard Jenkins, spoke to the South Wales Echo to profess his innocence. He chastised the investigators for the state they had left his home in after the search. Jenkins said that his garden had been dug up and his floorboards were lifted. Jenkins' daughter Jessica had been friends with Sarah in Kettering, and in the year before Sarah vanished, she had stayed overnight at their home several times. Police had received information that one of the last places Sarah had been seen was on Highfield Road in Kettering, where Richard Jenkins had lived with his family. Jenkins had moved from Kettering to Mystig around a year earlier, and the move was motivated by his separation from his wife. He contended that investigators had finished their search at his home and found nothing that could connect him to Sarah's disappearance. Jenkins shared his frustration that now his children were being taunted at school by other children that believed their father was somehow involved. Richard Jenkins told a reporter for the Evening Telegraph, Neither myself nor any of my daughters have seen Sarah since she went missing, and I just can't understand why they are looking at my house here or in Kettering. All this has really upset my youngest daughter, especially as she thinks I've been accused of killing somebody, as does everyone who saw my garden being dug up. What am I supposed to have done? Killed Sarah? buried her, then dug her up again two years later and moved her to South Wales. A new development then unfolded when a week after Richard Jenkins spoke with the media, three people were arrested in connection with Sarah's disappearance. One of them was Jenkins. The other two were a 37-year-old woman from Kent and a 29-year-old man from Kettering. The latter two were suspected of supplying Sarah with Class A drugs. As for Jenkins, police suspected that he had abducted Sarah. The three suspects were transported to Corby Police Station for questioning, but all three were released that evening on bail pending further inquiries, which included forensic testing. While it was hoped that this new development would finally crack the cold case and answer the question as to what happened to Sarah Benford three years earlier, it was not to be, and the investigation stalled. Richard Jenkins was eventually eliminated entirely from the inquiry. He said that the stigma and upheaval completely ruined his life. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. To find out if it's right for you. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Centair. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand. And now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safe for families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to centair.com and using promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at centair.com. In September 2003, investigators working on the case admitted that they now believe Sarah Benford was no longer alive. By this point in the search for Sarah, they had followed up 190 possible sightings, none of which proved to be useful. It was as if Sarah had just disappeared off the face of the earth. That or she was now dead, and her body had been disposed of. Investigators explained that while no body had been found in the search, there was also no evidence uncovered to suggest that Sarah was still alive. Officers also said it was highly unlikely that she could have run off and developed an independent life of her own, living off the grid. 
They were now working on the theory that Sarah had been murdered by somebody around two or three months after she disappeared. Detective Chief Inspector Charles Moffat ominously told the press, These are the reasons we feel Sarah is dead and are now formally launching a murder inquiry. We are still seeking to find Sarah, but also to find those people responsible in any way for Sarah's death. The missing person investigation had now transformed into a murder inquiry, and the police were focusing their attention on the accounts of 36 people who were significant in Sarah's life when she vanished. These people included family, friends, acquaintances, professionals and sex workers. It was the first time investigators had ever officially mentioned sex work in connection with the case, and they were now working on the theory that after Sarah disappeared, she was groomed by a predator. As the investigation was ramped up, a 54-year-old man from Kettering was arrested along with a 43-year-old man and a 38-year-old woman, who were both from London. However, after being interrogated at the station, the three people of interest were released pending further inquiries. Detectives then turned their attention to a remote area known as Findon Sidings, which was just off the A509 in the town of Findon, Northamptonshire. The specific area the police were interested in was a piece of wasteland and contained several rundown caravans and cars. It was near Sarah's family home. Youths and homeless people were known to frequent the location where they drank and took drugs. It was somewhere that Sarah knew well. As the area was cordoned off with crime scene tape, victim recovery dogs were taken to the rural area to assist in the search, along with a digger. It was evident officers were searching for a body. Detective Chief Inspector Moffat updated the public on the status of the inquiry. We have received information that this site is associated with the death of Sarah Benford, and search officers with the assistance of other specialists will be conducting a thorough search over the coming days. I regard these current developments in the investigation as significant, and that is why such substantial resources are now being brought to bear in an effort to discover exactly what happened to Sarah as quickly as possible. With the search underway, a further individual was taken into custody in connection with Sarah's murder. A 46-year-old woman was arrested on suspicion of perverting the course of justice. The woman was escorted from the King's Cross area in London to Northamptonshire, where she was questioned by investigators from Operation Yacht. She was released that evening on bail. Sadly, the search at Findon Sidings turned up no evidence of a body. So far, six people had been arrested since the investigation into Sarah Benford's perplexing disappearance began, but all six had been released without charge. 
early the following year. Investigators were back at Sarah's family home in Kettering. They combed through each room in the house and then turned their attention to the garden. A digger was brought in and the patio was dug up. The property had been searched already, but that was just a preliminary examination. As Detective Chief Inspector Moffat said, they had exercised sensitivity in this and also prioritised other matters. However, following the search of the home and garden, this offered no insight into what happened to Sarah. An independent inquiry into Sarah Benford's disappearance was launched in May 2003 by the Northamptonshire Child Protection Committee. The inquiry found that Northamptonshire County Council had been understaffed, overworked and had missed several opportunities to identify Sarah as a child at risk. They also did not follow proper procedures to ensure Sarah did not come to harm. Sarah had been let down by the failings of social services. The report read in part, This was a troubled and vulnerable child who became an adolescent with many emotional and behavioural problems. The guidance also recommended eight changes, which would be monitored by the Child Protection Committee. These changes focus mainly on providing training and awareness of child protection issues. Northamptonshire County Council was overhauled entirely in the aftermath and changed how children in care were treated. They now made sure that somebody would be available at all times to pick up a runaway. Investigators believed that once Sarah Benford went missing, she was sexually exploited. In 2007 alone, it was estimated by officials from the Department for Children, Schools and Families that almost 1,000 of the most vulnerable young people in the United Kingdom had disappeared from residential and foster care. Child protection experts called for better care for runaway children, as well as a national database. At the time, no single source of information collected data about missing children in the UK, which meant that the accurate statistics were probably much higher. To try and form a better understanding, a survey was conducted at 172 local authorities in England and Wales. Between them, they cared for around 28,000 children. A survey found that between 376 and 389 children and adolescents were missing from care homes. Victoria Hull, a national development worker at Care Leavers Association who conducted the survey, said that some authorities could not answer our questions because they did not keep track of data is shocking. If those local authorities can't even keep track of where their vulnerable young people are, how can they be relied upon to ensure their safety? It had now been four and a half years since Sarah Benford vanished. 
the disappearance had torn her family apart, leaving them traumatised and struggling to come to terms with the loss. Sarah's uncle Stephen Cross told a reporter for The Independent, We'll wait for that knock on the door or that phone call, and we always will. The way the whole family thinks is that there is still hope that she is still alive. That's what keeps us going. In November 2004, the family held a Thanksgiving service in memory of Sarah at Kettering Parish Church. Reverend Dominic Barrington led the congregation in prayers and readings. The service also included one of Sarah's favourite songs, Mysterious Girl by Peter Andre. Vicky said that the song was appropriate and summed up her daughter. A poem was read aloud during the service, which included the lines, I don't know why it had to end. I'll never understand. I tried to hold on to you, but you let go of my hand. There must have been a reason. Maybe one day you'll explain when God decides it's time for us to be together again. Vicky Benford later commented that it was the right time to give thanks for Sarah's life. By now she had resigned herself to the fact that her daughter was never coming home. This belief was solidified when Sarah's grandmother died and Sarah was not at the funeral. Vicky said, I could not have done this any sooner and it was a special day. I would like to get a sense of closure without forgetting about Sarah. We will never forget her. This is not goodbye, but I do not think she will come home. There was no movement in the case until March 2016 when police launched a fresh appeal to find Sarah as it approached her 30th birthday. They conducted further interviews with 20 witnesses, all of whom had been interviewed over a decade earlier. While investigators initially speculated that Sarah may have been killed two to three months after she disappeared, they were now working on the theory that she was dead within days of her disappearance. Intelligence gathered from the interviews led the police to a wooded area just off a road into the Northamptonshire village of Walkton. According to some, the woodland was used to hide stolen goods and other items. It had possibly been visited by some of Sarah's acquaintances. Detective Chief Inspector Martin Kinchin updated the public on the search. This morning we're just outside the village of Walkton on the outskirts of Kettering um, and we have some search activity taking place today uh, with a, a unit of officers from Northamptonshire and Leicestershire um, who are searching a small area of woodland, uh, searching for the body of Sarah Benford or any information that might assist us to identify what happened to Sarah Benford. Northamptonshire police are treating Sarah's disappearance as a murder investigation. Uh, the area that we're here today is as a result of information that's been received uh, from the public. We have searched this area previously, uh, a number of years ago, 
but we're coming back to search areas uh, within the same location that weren't searched at the time. People who perhaps felt they couldn't speak to us at the time because of friendships, because of allegiances, um, have provided us with new information that suggests that people who were associating with Sarah uh, were using this area for dumping stolen property uh, and other criminal material. Um, so it's an ideal place where we know people have hidden items for later disposal. Sarah's family are, are, are living in a situation that I can't really put myself into that position. It's a horrific situation to be in, um, living their lives not knowing what happened to their daughter. Um, the idea today is that we're looking to, to bring some closure for them as we approach Sarah's 30th birthday. During the search of the woodland, investigators found a handgun. While it appeared to have been buried for quite some time, DCI Kinchin explained that there was no evidence to suggest it was somehow connected to Sarah Benford's disappearance. Nevertheless, the discovery had lent some legitimacy to the claims of the witnesses who directed investigators to the woodland. The detective chief inspector appealed to the public. We want to hear from anyone who may have any information about Sarah's disappearance or who may have information about how this piece of woodland was used by people wanting to hide items, including stolen goods. Sarah's mother, Vicky, also again turned to the public for help. My daughter Sarah should be celebrating her 30th birthday this week. Sarah has a brother and sister who miss her every day, and we all need to know what has happened to her. Sarah went missing in April 2000, and I have spent the last 16 years wondering where she is. As a family, we are looking for closure around her disappearance, and somebody must know something. We would ask for people to contact the police if they know anything about Sarah's disappearance. As a family, we need to come to terms with what has happened and won't be able to do this until we know what has happened to Sarah. It had been over a decade and a half since Sarah Benford disappeared. Following the launch of the murder investigation, over 5,000 lines of inquiry had been pursued, with more than 664 statements being collected. The investigation by Northamptonshire Police was also reviewed by the Derbyshire and Leicestershire Police, as well as the Northamptonshire Cold Case Team. A fresh appeal led to a handful of phone calls to the tip line, but each tip only led to yet more disappointment. So where are we now? When the 20th anniversary of Sarah Benford's disappearance rolled around in April 2020, police issued another appeal for information. Detective Sergeant Julie Gallagher said that while there were no current suspects, police believed that the answers lay within the local community of Kettering. Somebody somewhere knew precisely what happened to Sarah. It was just a case of them coming forward. Detective Sergeant Gallagher told the media, We're desperate to try and find where Sarah is. 
is still a live investigation, and we still regularly receive intelligence. We're currently reviewing all lines of investigation just to see if something has been missed, or if there's something that someone can pick up to give us a new line of inquiry. Um, I've been working on the case for seven years. I don't intend to go anywhere. Um, and I actively work on it every day, and I really, really think there's a chance we can find Sarah, but we do need the people, certainly in Kettering, to work with us because somebody knows what her last movements were, um, and they just need to talk to us. Over the years, the original police investigation had received a great deal of criticism. The initial reaction to Sarah's disappearance was far too slow, hampering the investigation. This was something Detective Sergeant Julie Gallagher commented on. We certainly have a lot more understanding of people. When they go missing, victims of child sexual exploitation and children in care homes now. And yes, hindsight's a wonderful thing. We could have gathered some more information had people taken it more seriously at the time. But despite that... We will do our very best to find Sarah. On November 14th, 2021, Northamptonshire Constabulary's major investigation team received a tip-off that sent them to the woods in the Valley Walk area of Kettering. According to a member of the public, Sarah's body had been buried there. Police set up a 70 by 70 metre cordon and began excavating the land with the assistance of forensic archaeologists, ground-penetrating radar equipment and victim recovery dogs. Detective Superintendent Joe Banfield addressed the press. Today we're in Valley Walk, Kettering, um, a wide open country space. Uh, we're here in response to some community intelligence that um, tells us that Sarah Benford, a 14-year-old girl um, who went missing in 2000 and who we believe has been murdered, is located just over my right shoulder, somewhere in the area that you see taped off today. Despite uh, a missing person investigation initially and then a four-year homicide investigation, we haven't managed to locate Sarah and we still don't know exactly what happened to her. Over the next two weeks, we'll be here. Um, you may be able to see over my shoulder some experts from DSTL, um, the Defence Science and Technology Lab. They are marking out some areas of anomaly that have been found by a ground-penetrating radar. Sarah Benford's family were clinging to the glimmer of hope that the police would find something. They had come to accept the fact that she was never coming home, and they desperately wanted to give her a proper burial. The excavation in Kettering Woods lasted several weeks, but unfortunately Sarah's body was not recovered. Questions were raised regarding the tip-off, but police refused to disclose any information other than to say that the person was not considered a suspect. We don't know enough about what happened to Sarah uh, and we don't know where she's buried. Um, what I am very firm on my, in my opinion of is that somebody out there in this community knows exactly how she died and knows exactly where she's buried. Uh, my plea to them is that 20 years have passed. That's 20 years when Sarah hasn't been returned to her family. Um, hopefully your allegiances have changed. You, you may be more confident to come forward and give us that bit of information that helps us recover Sarah. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do for her family. Um, and it, 
Now it's been 22 years since Sarah Benford disappeared. Her loved ones are still desperate to know what happened to her. If you were in Kettering in April 2000 and have genuine information on the whereabouts of Sarah, call the non-emergency police number in the UK on 101 or you can contact Crime Stoppers anonymously on 0800 555 one. Thank you for listening, and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.